episode of Left Back on the Binge. We are so excited. Now we've pretty much seen every team in the Premier League play. And there's been some ups and there's been some downs. I'm Lucas Hatch. I'm joined by my co-host, boss man Charles from the Chicken Shop. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Very well, mate. Very, very well. It's um, it's nice weather actually. Lovely weather. Really. It is boiling. It is boiling. Beautiful. We've got a heat wave coming up, and yeah, I don't want to hear no excuses from Gary Neville saying the players should not have a water break halfway through a half. Mate, it is bloody boiling. And he was he was on one a little bit uh, this week, wasn't he? Just sort he, of don't seem that into it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he didn't f- seem. I don't know. I just I just think he didn't like the concept of having a water break halfway through a half. Like, yeah, you got to remember we are in the summer, and when has the Premier League ever been played in the summertime? Like, this Be- is people are still. People are still getting their fitnesses back as well, to exactly, be fair. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, when you go to the World Cup, you, you see every now and then they have a, a timeout, a drinks break, which, listen, they're human beings. They've just come back from, they've never had 12 weeks off not playing, so it's all new to them. And they're not going to be sharp and they're not going to be fit enough. So I, I, no. just, I just didn't understand what was going on. But anyways, to open the podcast... As you, you all may know, the Premier League has been back and we've had 12 games this week and I don't think me and Charlie got a score prediction right when we did the score predictions. I came close, I think, on one. Yeah, I don't, I don't even come close. I had Chelsea uh, 4-1. Or f- yeah, 4-1, you had 3-1. So, it didn't end five, up like that. But, but, anyways, now... We are going to be talking about the players and teams that have surprised us and the players and teams that we're kind of disappointed in. So, Charlie, so, who's, your, have a, who's your team have, of the week? A, team of the week. It's hard to say anyone but Man City. Mm. Kind of, even if they looked a little bit rough at first against Arsenal, they kind of clicked into it real quickly like Kevin De Bruyne I was saying like I said last um, time we talked about this he didn't look super sharp when he first started like passing and everything like that as soon as he got going he was on fire and I think last night that kind of decimation of Burnley like 5-0 you know Foden was amazing Mara's got two great goals uh, the silver assisted the silver assisting silver goal like yeah, that was insane, you know. They... It's a bit of a tongue twister, that, that in it. <laughs> yeah, they had they had a good, they had a really good run. And mm. I think it's sort of hard to sort of. I mean, it does help with our two games, but I, they kind of just yeah make quick and easy work of both the both their opponents. Mm. No, I I totally agree with you there. Um, Man City looked the sharpest team out of all of them. Um, you bat them Arsenal three 0 and I know Arsenal were in a bit of a rough patch, but. It's like a brand new season for them, and it's like you got to reset. You've seen teams like Liverpool, Man United, even Chelsea. They get off slowly, and now they're building their confidence and the fitness up. I think it's going to be more competitive. But Man City by far has been the best team. Um, a team I was really, really impressed with was Crystal Palace um, away at Bournemouth. They won two nil. It. It actually wasn't a bad game, I thought, personally. I, I, I quite enjoyed that game, if I'm going to be I feel, honest. I feel for Bournemouth, right? Because I think King... Because what, they they kind of try... They attempted to reshape second half, get King more forward with Wilson, add some extra, like, striking power in the in the front. And as soon as they reshape, King gets sent off... Um, doesn't get sent off, he gets um taken off with an injury. Mm-hmm. And I just felt the entire time that Palace, like, I mean, they have got a lot of big, strong players, like, just sort of can dominate 
around and stuff like that. And I just felt every time Bournemouth tried getting any momentum going forward, mm. they just got bullied off the ball and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I... You know, the, two, the, the physicality between the two teams was really quite, yeah. like, high. You could see it, like... I, 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 I don't disagree with what you said there, but Bournemouth weren't at the races that day, but I, I was so impressed with Crystal Palace. The way they, their shape, their shape towards the end of the game where literally if anyone comes in the box from Bournemouth, if he beats one man, there's another man next to him. It kept, it was like rinse and repeat really. So I was really impressed with Crystal Palace personally. Um, it's it's the thing with that Palace team, right? When they play a very compact style anyway. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're I always say... It, it's it's kind of reflects very much how how their position is. They're like very, very much um upper mid table team. You look at how they play. That style works really well against the bigger teams because they can just defend really well. And they are they, that that sort of formation has always sort of done them good against high pressing teams. Yeah. And and at the same time, yeah, they can then use that com- that compact sort of defensive style really well against smaller teams because they know that it's just like the small teams. We're going to keep going at you, trying to break you down, and then you can just counter them easily. And I think that when they when they hit a counter, they've got enough going forward to like kind of be effective. Yeah, they've got enough pace going up going forward, really. Yeah, um, like, Z- like Zaha and and uh, Jordan Ayew. Yeah, yeah. Benteke, Benteke, um, if he's on the cap. Benteke wasn't too bad. He's Benteke is normal Benteke, really not. By, by Benteke fire. standards, it was by. Benteke standards, it was probably like an above average Benteke performance. Wasn't yeah. great in the, but it was it was good. Mm. Okay, moving on. So, who was your who was your team that you thought, oh, you should have done so much better, or you were be- unimpressive? Oh, okay, I'm between two, right? Well, see, originally I was going to say Sheffield, but then Sheffield it just feels like a lot of bad luck with the goal not going in and yes. Egan getting sent off. I don't know if it was necessarily. The right call. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, he, well, he was just, oh, him and Jalinton were hand fighting, and the ref yeah. gave him yellow cards. And it was a, it was a, it was. I actually think that was sort of a, a red up red card because you got to remember. We're going off topic here, but you got to remember that he was the last man and he made that large disc tackle, which it weren't really. So that's the red card offense, but. So, yeah, I thought they could be up there because we just haven't seen, like, Sheff- what Sheffield do good. Yeah. They've been very, like, un-Sheffield-like from the last season. Like, I thought the match against Villa, we both said how boring that was. And in my head, that, that Sheffield team should still beat that Newcastle team just based on shape and formation alone. Mm. But I'll, 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 give, I'll give Newcastle credit, they did. They're yeah. good, yeah. but I, I, I guess he's right. It's weird because even though they're, even though they're only recently promoted from a championship team, what Sheffield has done is kind of raised their standard compared to like a Norwich or a Villa. Yeah, exactly. Now, right. now we expect them to beat these sort of mid-table teams now because they just they've done it so many times and gotten good points and results off off them sort of matches. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, with you. I think, I think. I mean, there is another bigger LVP. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my one, but you can roll with it. <laughs> no, you say it, man. You, it's, I, I've right. said I didn't Arsenal. choose it. Arsenal, man. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, discuss yeah. further later in the day, but like, they were a disappointment, man. Like, you, you'd expect, like, mm, you think Arteta's had time to, like, install his tactics. I know I know we can't as I mean had a preseason but there's also the freak we've had some you know the injuries that have happened like what in two games, three injuries now. Yeah, it's it is quite Yeah Jack is out. Pablo Mari's out for the rest of the season and I think they said Leno's gonna be out for a year now. Or like nearly the rest of the year. Mm, So it's pretty much just left him in like you know, kind of dead, dead sort of like, you know, they, they ain't got, you know, they're, they're losing players like crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. So, who was your, who was the player that surprised you? Who, who did you think that 
was the best player. Not, not you don't have to name who was the best player you uh, think, but who I, was your I'm most impressive? I don't know if I'll say he was the most impressive, but I think the impact he made is why he's my player MVP, uh, Adama Traore. Okay. That, Wol- that Wolves-West Ham match was kind of going nowhere real quick. I didn't think either team looked particularly like quality at, like for the most part. I mean, Wolves slightly more than West Ham, but we kind of I think guessed that was going to happen anyway. And Traore off the bench, like you could just automatically see like hit going forward the difference he was making. Just like that cross to set up him and as his goal was brilliant, and it was I just think because. You know, like when you still sometimes think like one player can change the game, and, you, and sometimes you think, "Oh, that's nah, it's a team sport, that's bullshit, all that kind of stuff." But he kind of did it because I didn't, I didn't really. Maybe they were, maybe they were still got a goal without him, but I just felt his coming on just led to that immediate change of effect. Well, and as soon as he got the ball, as soon as him and him and has got the, the the ball rolling off his, uh, as, you know, it kind of just it it went all wolves, and then you get the was it the Jota goal after that one? Uh, Neto. Neto, yeah. Oh, sorry, that was, a strike. Neto goal. that was a strike. That was a strike and a half. He would be he. Based on that, he could have been up there as well, but I genuinely just thought Traore's impact of the bench. Just I thought it was a. I thought it was clear when he came on how much it made the difference and changed the pace of that game to Wolves' favour. Yeah, um, I will, I didn't really have that in my mind to be honest. I just see that it was it was a good tactic by Wolves personally to not start trial Ray because in in the dying em- it weren't really the dying embers of the game but it was sort of like like this is a, going into the second quarter of the half of the second half so I'd say the fourth quarter if you include the drinks in a, in a in a period of like people being um a little bit leggy and. Yeah, I also just... in, a, in, a, in a time in a time where like not everyone's fitness is fully up to their normal exactly. normal part. Exactly, players like him are like a really important thing, and that's why I, w- I was amazed. Like you know, you look at West Ham, like you, we know how quick Antonio can be, mm. and they had him starting. I would have thought, well, maybe save him till the end, and maybe using that speed as to your advantage, that speed and that power. But, well, but um, yeah, that's what I thought, and you got to remember that. Trial rate is is a, is a good impact sub. Like he's a very good player, I personally feel, but he's one of them impact subs where you get you're getting into them stages of the game, and you think you see there's a lot of players looking leggy, looking tired, especially now, especially first game back, and you're going against someone who's rapid plus he's built like a fucking you brick turn- shit out. It's like I said, he turned a game that was looking to be a very boring. Yeah. I, I was saying to you how boring that game had been, like you know, and mm. he turned a very boring draw into like a very clear cut Wolves win, which yeah. is good for them. Gets the ball a, rolling again for them. It was an impressive cross to find Jimenez. Jimenez did well to score the goal. In actual fact, um, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's a shame they won because. That's Man United they're fans. Creeping up on, yeah, they're creeping up on they're, us. They're yeah, they're creeping up on us. And we think we can get lucky as Sheffield start doing bad, and then you see Wolves climbing up again. You're like, oh man, yeah. not more worried about Wolves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, my my in my most valuable player this week, personally, um, or who I've been really impressed with, um, I could say Kevin De Bruyne. He but he didn't really play yesterday. Um, I could say St. Maximum played really well. I was really impressed with St. Maximum. Um, Richarlison, I was really impressed with. Pogba as well, I was really impressed Off with. the bench, first match back, he looked really good. But um, someone, someone yeah. who I am going to choose, and pretty much since the restart, he is pretty much the top goal scorer, I think. Yes, he is. Oh, Phil Foden. Yeah. Listen, <sighs> yesterday... Yeah. yesterday We've seen Phil Foden what he can do, and I was really I mean, impressed with it. He just looked confident, and especially for someone who's nineteen, who's coming into a team where this team's full of superstars. Not many people from the academy, not many English players in that team, in actual fact. But 
coming into a game like this at Burnley, you're thinking, mm, Burnley might roughen them up a bit. You, It could have been not a good game to play him, but, oh, mate, he was on fire. Oh, his his performance was incredible. And I think even he said it uh, in the post-match interview, like, best performance in the Man City show. And yeah. I definitely think Foden's in a very... um, it, if, if He's in a place right now where it could be really beneficial to him, where... With David Silva leaving at the end of this year, this yeah. season, and the need for another midfielder in that slot, the way he performed that match, if Pep gives him a few more like starting performances in this um in the uh, in this restart, because we have so many match fixtures, and he's gonna and we know Pep, he's gonna rotate that team like crazy. Yeah, I mean, like what was it? It was like, it was like eight eight changes yesterday. From the Arsenal match, yeah, it was. Yes, you know what I mean. Like age changes, he has the opportunity in those matches where I feel like he will start. Like if he shines, the, I mean, they should probably still buy a backup midfielder anyway if they if they want to. But I just feel like he's now cemented himself in a good, a good chance of like next year getting that ball rolling to like being a a proper like starting midfielder for that team. Which I think a lot of City fans and like even people who are like want to see young English players in the Prem play more. Like he's given himself a good start to like cementing himself as a starting eleven member. Yeah. And yeah, three goals in two games in, in a restart period as well. Where like we were saying, everyone's a little bit like not on on point as much per se. Mm. He's come out and looks like. Well, he's like a fuck. He's like a star. <laughs> exactly, and exactly, exactly. And I'm not going to say it might benefit, but when he's playing in the reserves or when he was playing like in the under 19s, you're not used to having crowds anyway. So in mm. that environment, it suits someone like Phil Foden. You see Mason Greenwood coming on, making an impact. He looked, he looked sharp. But as people would say, you're coming up against a, a Ben Davies where He's fucked. So he has his ups and downs. But no, I thought personally Phil Foden was incredible. And he yeah. is my play, player I've been impressed with this week. But moving on, yeah. we are going to be talking about the players we least. Oh, we didn't say. Yeah, oh, yeah, the LVP. The, the LVP where they just underperformed and they weren't to our expectations. Look good. Yeah, I mean, I feel there's one major one that we, you and me might bring up, but can we say really under? Can I? I don't even can even say underperform because I don't expect like a high amount from him anyway. But Who? well, big sideshow Bob himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we he had, as I said, he had I, a... I mean, I. I, I he had a shocker again. I mean, we talked about how shocking it was a performance, like to sort of be at fault for the first goal, and yeah, just then getting red carded. And it was a stupid red card, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't think it was particularly um, needed. What no, he did. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a wise decision from David Louise to go in like that. But it was. I, it ooms and ahs if it was a red card, but. The ref, the VAR confirmed it wasn't a red, so yeah, it's fine. But he's he's just doing himself no favors. Like he's looking to sign next year, and I feel like there's a lot of like humming and hiring on like multiple ends, like on like the board and Arteta side of things and the fan side of things. Like, do or do they not want this guy on their team anymore? And I think he's just doing everything in his power, like to make. He's essentially just hurting his chances. Like he just keeps doing these stupid things that it's like if you're looking to like you know they ain't gonna want to keep you if you keep if you're this much of a liability. No, they already had two liability of centre backs in Socrates and Mustafi, and to be a third liability defender, I mean you got all these other like issues with like Mari injured, Holdings fitness. We don't know what's up with that. Like they don't need like you know dead weight centre backs anymore. If they want to move forward, yeah, I yeah I uh, I agree with you, but personally, I just don't think I had enough 
as you say, he didn't really finish. He, he was on for like what forty minutes or something like that. I didn't really think it was a a performance. I uh, I expect him from him now, like going in rest after seeing that Brentford game. You expect David Luiz um, to do something stupid. If, if we want to go for under performances, or like you know, I don't want to dig him out because I still love him, but David De Gea would be up there. Yep. Oh, I, bad, as I said, I, I had I had um. I had a Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They have just come back from injuries, so you know, yeah. you know, you know, they haven't played in six months. To me, Kane kind of just suffered more from like the Jose style of play, if you know what I mean. They didn't really get a chance to sort of get him in the box because they were playing so deep a lot of the time, and I feel like I was I was sort of half expecting they were going to get any. Thing I have a goal on how uh, Jose was playing. It was going to be off a uh, Bergwijn or um, Son because it was just going to be that pace and that like counter attack that was going to do it for him. But the way, based on how compact they were at times, I just thought Kane Kane was sort of half missing most of the game because of it. Yeah, no, yeah, I, a lot I of that could be fit as well. Yeah, exactly. But and then Rashford, I think you, you could tell he was trying it, but he was just. It was sloppy at best, and I think that is just like the rust kicking in. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Given given time, I do feel he'll get they'll they'll both get their levels up, but it's just yeah, you got you got we have to wait and see pretty much with them too. Mm, but yeah, but no, hey, uh, again, similar situation. I don't like this sort of narrative everyone's creating of like questioning him on his ability. Because the Hay is still a world class keeper, it's, great shot stopper, and everything confidence. like that. It's confidence which he's lacking in, and especially with as a keeper, confidence is your best. But you have all these people like beating down on him and shit like that for um, having like. I mean, to be fair, for as consistent as he was for how many years? Um, I'd say about five years. He was consistent, and, and he's having like a fruit. Uh, okay, I'll admit it's been a bad season for him. But that's like a high standard. He still had some great performances and, you know, saved us a couple of, like, saved us from get like, you know, conceding a couple of goals based on his ability. Yeah. But I will admit that last night um, on uh, Wednesday was, not Wednesday, thir- Thursday, was it Thursday or Friday? Friday, Friday, sorry. Mm. On Friday, it was... It was very suspect. And it's, you know, Kane didn't help. I didn't think Shaw helped with his clearance. It was a very... But I think De Gea's save, it was one of them that you think that's something that David De Gea should be saving, like, yeah. you know, fairly yeah. easily. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go full Kino on him, like, oh, he's shit and that. I'm like, bollocks. He's mm. still a fucking quality keeper. Yeah. And... I do. I get people want people are again excited about the prospects of Henderson, and like you know, for the future and that. But I'm like, I don't want to. I wouldn't necessarily say the Hayes time yet. Mm, yeah. Well, moving on so to our main topic of the evening or afternoon, whatever you call it, is about Arsenal and Arsenal. We've had two wretched performances where. It's only Arsenal fan. I generally feel so for him. Um, it was the first game against City. Wasn't the best game for them, but they just didn't look like they were going to score. And then against Brighton, they where well, they did score, and then Brighton pulled two back. And well, you can to be see, fair, right? you can see you can see there was frustrations in the Arsenal camp when he more even before even score. before Pepe scored. Did you think they were going to get a goal? Because no. this goal was kind of like an out of nowhere thing, anyway. And prior to that, I'm watching this match thinking this is going to be like a really fucking poor, like nil-nil draw. Yeah, it, it looked like that for most of the game. Um, it's just with Arsenal, it's it's annoying because listen, they wanted Wenger out, which personally I thought Wenger should have gone a long time ago. I think. He was just bringing the club down. He was good at saving money, but it was just bringing the club down. The move to the Emirates didn't help any causes, but Wenger was there too long. 
firstly, you, you, you're bringing in Unai Emery, where Unai Emery, yeah, okay, he's won a PSG, won Europa Cups in Seville. But Arsenal, they shouldn't be going for people like that. And Arteta, Arteta's got a nice philosophy. I like Arteta. I think, I, I hope the best for him. But they need to find someone where they are like an inferior power. Like a Carlo Ancelotti or Max Allegri. Someone with, a, a not a big name, but someone who's won championships before in different countries not easy championships just you need someone with you're in you're in a bad place yes with the manager role and the ground of it is right Wenger's teams I felt post Invincibles you saw the decline over time and it weren't like a you know originally it weren't like a steep decline like I've said like there weren't you know the Arsenal Team still won FA Cups during like the, that post, like be- before he left and between them sort of periods. Mm. And you had like quality players, Van Persie, uh, Adebayo, Fabregas, uh, Fabregas. You had like, yeah, you had quality key con- contributors. You had a lot, of, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I just think what it is now, he left and that team was not great. You know, you had like. Sanchez has gone to United. Giroud was gone to Chelsea. Ozil was still hanging around, but I feel like Ozil, even then, everyone didn't know really what was happening with it. And the people they were bringing in just weren't good enough. Like we said, Mustafi, Socrates, um Jacques is okay, but they could probably still do better. Um, Aubameyang was like the last sort of big, one of the last big buys that Wenger made. And then he's gone. He's just like, yeah, I can't. You know, he's getting he's getting slated by the fans. I don't know if the we don't know if the, it was like a thing with the board well, either. I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't uh, think he is getting slated by the fans personally, Bamiang. I just no, 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 not Bamiang. I meant Wenger was. Oh you know yeah, I mean? like yeah, he, yeah. He, he, you know, Bamiang came into it and it was like he didn't even get to really work with Wenger that much because he was gone like almost soon after. I think mm, mm. Emery comes in and I think it's genuinely a situation of like. I mean, Emery was the problem with Emery for me was like you know you have a manager who's coming in who's only ever yeah like you said stuck to France for the most part um, a few decent stints like not okay, not even decent like the Sevilla thing you said was really good like Europa yeah he no. had like decent finishes with Valencia I believe as well like he, I think he finished like top like he finished like third with Valencia like once or twice actually. And I just think with Emery, though, it was a thing. He's coming into England. He doesn't know the language particularly well. It's very, like, on-the-job training. Yeah, yeah. And with and with Arteta now, I just generally think it's like, and this is going to be the problem that any manager that takes that job going forward, you're, in, you're not just taking... Okay, yeah, you're taking a legacy of like a good team, but you're also taking on, like, the expectation to, to get it better almost yeah. instantly. And my problem with that is, is like, you. Co- it's always the problem with like we say with like the post Fergie thing as well. Like, people expect like instant results almost, and you can't really do that. I think with, with like, like, like you know this is like the fight, like Mission Impossible. Like this is a big job to rebuild this Arsenal team, and I think of it like the quality drop right now is like it's trying to sell a manager on like. There's two things. I think the fans and the boards need to give the managers time. But you have to find a manager who's willing to ride out, like, a year or two years with, like, that team. Yeah, until... until I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, right? I totally agree. But with with Arsenal, they with last year of Aston Wenger, they didn't expect much. They come, what, fifth? They didn't even come in the Champions League spot. Last year, they got to the Europa Cup semi-final, where, well, final. Um, they got to they the lost, final. Yeah, but they lost to Chelsea. He's done, he, the expectation for Emery, he hit point to point. You look, you see that the team was going places. They just need a few signings here and there. They, I, I didn't understand why they decided to buy a £70 million Pepe where they need centre-backs. 
Like yeah, you bought a winger. You bought you like brought, an you bought, winger. Exactly. What what are you gonna do? You you're gonna, it's like what you're gonna try and outscore teams. You aren't gonna outscore a City. You ain't gonna outscore a Liverpool. You need to build build the spine of your team and bringing in David Luiz was a pretty much a panic buy, personally. Put it in context comparably to another team that struggled for a long time and is now doing it's kind of in the way of completing their rebuild to becoming a top side again. Liverpool. When yeah. Klopp came in the ball was behind him in the grounds of like giving him time. Yeah. Because they, they they weren't they said like we can't you know, he weren't expecting like a shit ton of money straight away to fix a team. He said, "Give me a few years, you'll have your world class fucking team." Yeah, and he's y- done. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't buy like four or five big signings in a year and was like, "Okay, cool, we got a championship winning team." It was very much like, you know, all right, work on the forward, like the the, the going forward. Make my way, you know, work on the defense issues with like, you know, bringing in Van Dyke. That was a big buy, yes, but he didn't. Really, I don't think he really spent like money on anything else but Van Dyke that year, did he? Um, well, yeah, he they bought Van Dyke in January, so yeah, he was... yeah. I think that was like a needed buy. Like we got, we're gonna have a chance because they were doing well, and they were like, we we got to buy this guy, hmm. and it was like that was the big one, and then the goalkeeper thing with Allison, which I think it, again that's a investment and that's. Clear that was clearly needed after the first Champions League final with Klopp. Yeah, with Carrius looking very suspect, and it was like, all right, we need another, we need a keeper, a good keeper. Yeah. Well, so you, they've done you, well. Too. You always knew Carrius was on thin ice after that season. You knew Liverpool needed a nice shot supper and goal to keep him in games because that was their that was their fall. To be honest, like Klopp yeah. built everything up. Okay, you sign, you bring in Mane. Right, you bring in Mane as one of your pieces. Then you bring in Mo Salah. Then in January you bring Van Dyke. Now you're seeing mm, the teams looking actually quite nice. You brought you brought in Gigi Wijnaldum. and think the first year Klopp was there when Mane come. And then you bring in Oxlade Chamberlain, who's a bit of a utility tool. And then you bring in Van Dyke in January of 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, and. Then you just look at the team, you're thinking, well, you've got your young star, Trent Alexander-Arnold, where he's he's looking like a superstar. That's just the benefit of, like, you know, having a genuine, like, academy yeah, talent and just, not being just, able to, like, fit him in. Well, how many... It's not, it's not like... I don't think Liverpool have got... Okay, they've got some... Well, other than Trent, who's from their academy? That is in the starting team or in the starting, the starting eleven. Just Trent. I'm trying to think now. It's Trent. It might yeah, just be Trent. It's Trent. So they don't yeah. have a plethora of talent compared to like Man United and Arsenal and Chelsea. Chelsea. We seem to have banging like young kids out left, right, and centre. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's <laughs> just that, that's 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 what I consider a plethora of talent. It's just. Trent, it, no, I've always thought Trent is a fantastic player, but it was the right time to bring him in where you have right back Nathaniel Klein who isn't actually going to be, okay, you're not going to, you don't want, he's, I'm not going to be peaking Nathaniel Klein, but he's not a, a, a player where you think, well, he's, yeah, he's a quality right back. We, he's quality. He's not, he's not, he's good, but he's not great, if you know what I mean. And Trent, oh, we've said, we said before in the um, regards to the academy stuff, like, uh, in regards to like academy players having to fit into roles because of injuries, it's like one man's loss is another man's gain. Exactly, exactly. Klein so, gets hurt, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" Guess we'll stick the young Scouse kid in the right back role. Yeah, he comes on is an, almost like becomes this insane game changing performer, and it's like, well, sorry, not, sorry, Nathaniel, that uh, starting eleven position is mm. going to to yeah. young lad over it, and it's the same thing with Williams. For us, I think coming in looking well, really good. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we'll move back to Arsenal. We're getting a bit carried yeah, away. Yeah, I'm just saying. This, but that's yeah, what I mean. But but Liverpool but, gave Klopp time. Yeah, you need I to don't give think Arteta any of these. Time. You need to get yeah, Arteta time because I like what Arteta is doing. Like I haven't I haven't seen much. Like I see a few games here and there, but 
you can tell where Arteta is trying to install his ideas. With Emery, you'd see one formation, then another one for other formation, then uh, the whole squad's different. You just think, whoa, 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 Emery, calm down. Just play. It's panicking. Normal, just play of normal formation. It's the, it, this is the problem. We're in a. There's like a culture that's been bred from like I think it's almost like. It's weird, right? Because I feel like Liverpool have been. This is. I'm not I'm bringing it back to the point again, right? Liverpool went so long about winning anything that the culture of like what Klopp said, like just give give him time, give me like Klopp, give me time, give the team time, you'll get the result, and he's proven it. Arsenal fans and like their boards and shit. I don't think they've ever really like given them time. Well, and well, they the gave well, 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 they gave Arsenal, they gave Arsene Wenger so many years. And they've only mm. just sacked Emery. It's only it's only Emery. It's not it's not like we're talking about like a Chelsea or, or a Man United. Like every few years, they're going to chop and change a manager. Nah, it's, well, they've given they've, maybe they've, they've given our, they gave Arsene Wenger time to fix to fix it. Then they've gave Emery. Time. Maybe the difference is maybe the difference is the performances from from that team. Don't didn't help. Yeah, I just I as I say, because let's face it, man. The last Emery run of performances was fucking shocking. Like scraping past Europa victories. Um, yeah, that that's that's why you got sacked. That's why. the, well, thing, I mean, the thing is, but, it, but the thing the thing is, Charlie, if you're a manager of a team like Arsenal, right, Arsenal expects certain things to happen. If you're not playing the football that the fans want to see, and all this and that, you're gonna you're gonna get booted yeah, look, off. Yeah, but it's not just it that was getting scrutinised. Look what happened to Xhaka with him getting booed off, and then like the threats to, on him and stuff like that, and it getting fed up, you know, throwing his captaincy band, being like, you know, fuck this, I don't need this. And then there's the shit with like, you know, they scrape a drawback against Southampton, you know, two two draw, and, and about you know. They're just getting booed off. The entire team gets booed off. And you see Aubameyang clapping, like, trying to say, like, you know... It's almost like an apologetic fucking clapping. Not like a, you know, thank you for your support. It's like, we're trying to do better, but it's like... It, yeah. it just... The atmosphere was, like, defeated. It was either players who were frustrated or just felt defeated. Like, Aubameyang, at that point, I'm thinking he's probably thinking defeated. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Jack has few probably like in this rage mode of like you know get given this captaincy. I don't even know if he necessarily wanted the captaincy. They just voted on him, just gave him the captaincy, and he's getting scrutinised. When I don't really think he could have done anything about it. Ozil, I think, was sort of like up in the air. Like I think people were kind of curious as to where he he was at the time. And then the defence is just getting. I mean, I think the only player that people would at the time were really like giving a shit about was Burn Leno because he was like saving them from so many more losses with his like performances mm. and maybe the young the young lads coming through like make the Niles Saka Martin, um, Martin, Martin, Elliott. Elliott. Martin Elliott and Saka they, they did they were impressive like we've yeah, you know, because they were given time and they could see they were like trying to make a difference in that team with yeah, Devil but you know you know there's something off when you keep changing your team every week it's not like yeah, I understand it now I understand it where you've got X amount of fixtures but I, I like for most teams you can name you can name pretty much their starting 11 at the time of Emory yeah. you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't name the starting 11 because they didn't have one they didn't have one they liked and that was a massive downfall of Emery I don't think Emery gave a lot of people chances. Like Danny Sabah's few games. Oh no, he's off on the bench. Ozil plays a good few games. Oh, he's on the bench. Same there with Jacker. Same with Torreira. It's just it, I just I just didn't understand what was going on. There was in, definitely in some head. head games, but I think there was definitely some background shit there as well, though. Because I think even like the whole well, because it was Bamiang was injured for a bit, weren't it? And that's why he didn't have the captaincy. Ozil had the captaincy for a little while. When he lost it, then they put they voted. I think it wasn't it like Emery let the players vote on who they want to be captain, and they, that's how Xhaka got his captaincy. It's, it wasn't yeah, like an appointment it's... thing. It was like it was almost like Emery's like, "Fuck it, you want to you fucking pick your captain." There. Picked him, and when he didn't work out, it was almost like, "Well, yeah. where do we go from here?" I just, as I said, I was watching um, Arsenal TV the other day. And I see a lot. I, I was watch. I didn't watch loads of it. I watched a few clips of funny moments, really. 
not gonna lie. Or is this from the Brighton reactions? No, 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 not the Brighton reaction. I'm I'm gonna watch that later on. I'm, I'm yeah, they're they're, they're different. I'll say that. Yeah, but the the fans they saying like one Wenger's in charge of the signing, then then goes to the 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 um. Ivan Agidius or someone like that. Then it goes to this man. Then it goes to that man. Then, em- then Emery gets it. Now this this guy's got it. It's just like that. It's like you don't know who's making these decisions. It was the same with I Man mean, United when Mourinho couldn't get the players he wanted. You're thinking, hang on a minute, Mourinho gets what he wants all the time. What do you mean he's not he's not going to do it? Because Mourinho, no Mourinho, he'd play full whack for these people because he wants them, and he he, he wants yeah. them, but you. You could see that was a problem with Arsenal. That's why Emery wasn't, I don't think, was fully engaged because he didn't actually bring the players he wanted to bring in. Like, I don't, think he, like... To, I don't think he wanted to bring in Pepe, personally. And I don't think he wanted to bring in David Luiz. You look like, at, like, the Arsenal team by the, um, the sort of, like, I think it was the... I want to say it was, I think it was, like, 20... Might have been, like, 2011-12... You look at the state of some of the signings they've made and like the players they've got, like well, as I say, you know, not, not all, not every, not everyone gets hits, really. Yeah, but I think it was also like you, you kind of half felt like he was like, like, like you're buying on a budget, which when you like having a team as like look, Arsenal's a big fucking club and they're they're sick there, and this wasn't like it wasn't like again like we said like the Everton's and Tottenham's where it's like they haven't won shit since the sixties or the seventies. Their success, it was like, you know, their success was fairly recent still. And just to see, like, you know, this dude almost like, yeah, half buying on a budget with some of the players and like the people that he was bringing in, like, you know, they're relying on, like, don't get me wrong, there was still quality in there, like Van Percy was amazing and everything like that. Mm. But then you also have guys like Theo Walcott, who you're expecting to be, like, an instant sort of success. and Chamberlain. These, Jack Wilshire, all these fucking lads, well, man. Jack, Wilshire, think, like... Jack Wilshire, they brought through the youth team. They did. They, to be honest, they have been quite fair. Arsenal but you know what I mean? They... Opportunities to youth people, players. I yeah, think. but this is what I mean. They were relying on the youth team, the youth team players, the the under twenty threes, the under eighteen. Mm. You look at any successful team that's brought in like, like has brought in like a fairly decent amount of like young talent. You don't just fucking stick them out, but you have the experience, the good experienced players to go with them. And I think that's the problem with this Arsenal team. There's good quality players, but it's like, who are they looking at really and thinking like, mm. two as a leader? Very true. Like, when Very half true. the guys who are the senior members, like, Ozil don't look like he wants to fucking be there half the time. No. But the fans are like, unable to lead and I don't think anyone in that back four really could lead a line maybe Bellerin and even Bellerin I don't think really has that kind of sort of thing about him to lead a back back line yeah and I look at like even Aubameyang I think you look at him and like you know he's a star player he's a leader he's a you know he's their captain he is what's up yeah what the fuck's gonna happen to him now like you know is he gonna go Barcelona like is he gonna leave at the end of the season for like a big money thing like I don't think anyone fucking knows what's going on with that team. And he's like, for all the talent that we talk about, Saka, Martinelli, um, even Nkita to a degree, like, all these people have, they ain't going to go very far if they don't have anyone, like, to really kind of, like, Nurture help them. bring them up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Well, even, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, we've seen teams use, like, young players before, but it's not going to do your shit all if they, um, they lose the motivation. No. Nah. Because they're probably thinking, you know, they're probably thinking, oh fuck me, we're starting for the first team now, awesome. And then they get to the first team and see everyone just looks fucking miserable or just like yeah. panicking, clueless out there. What the fuck are they probably thinking? <laughs> well, okay, um, right, we're gonna wrap it up towards the end of the show. Um, right for the ba- the question I've had in my mind: Where are we gonna think Arsenal are gonna finish? Because they're sitting. Season? Yes, they're sitting in 10th position now with eight games to go, right? And I'll tell you they make games now. Right, yeah, they've got an away game. match to Southampton on Thursday. Mm. They've got, I think, Sheffield United. Might, they've got Sheffield United in the FA Cup, right? So that's the FA yeah. Cup. They've got Norwich at home, 
which is a winnable game. You got Wolves away, could be tough. Leicester, another Le- Leicester who away at home, home or away, home, but home field advantage hasn't yeah. really come into play. Yeah, it don't really as... matter. It doesn't matter too much in these situations. No. Then they've got Spurs on the twelfth of July. Home or home or away, away. Then on the fifteenth of July, they've got Liverpool. And then, Liverpool's and then they've got to wrap it up against Aston Villa away and Watford at home. So, Mark, uh, the big question uh, is... Potential points there. The big question is, where do you think Arsenal are going to finish in the league? Because currently they sit in 10th position, two points behind Crystal Palace, Tottenham, but they're four points behind Sheffield United, six points behind Wolves and six points behind Manchester United, who are in fifth position. Oh, okay. So, where do you actually think they're going to end up? Well, I don't know, man. Because I would have said, like, probably no. I don't think they're getting you, right? I probably would have said, like, in the top ten is about right. Maybe like nine for eight. Yeah. But those games, they're not. I can't see them getting too many wins in them games maybe I'm thinking a lot of losses or some draws or even like Southampton you look at like what we saw against Norwich I know it's only Norwich but Mm. they look good Southampton 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 are three points behind Arsenal so with a a worse goal difference I have to admit they they have a worse goal difference compared to Arsenal they have that's what I mean Southampton could still win that match you know Watford could win their match Villa who are in like fighting right now could still win their match there are teams that could surprise and that Arsenal team is in a state right now where I don't think they got enough sort of depth yeah Yeah. depth fire all of it Um, and I look at some I look at some of the teams below them I think Everton has a good chance of like jumping up potentially. Everton, Ever, Everton are two points behind Arsenal. Because what Everton's next matches are like what Norwich, uh, Leicester, I think Tottenham, Southampton, Wolves. They got Villa at some point. They they got some good fucking matches as well. So Everton could jump them. Burnley, ugh, Burnley. I don't know. They 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 can surprise, but yeah. I, I could generally see them maybe only going. I could see them losing tenth. So I feel like I think they'll either stay the same at tenth, or they might even drop to eleven. I don't think there's much hope for them going further up. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think personally, I th- I think tenth position is where they're going to finish. I don't think the run of games are going to favour them. I think they could probably pick up points against. Let me go to the matches. They could probably pick up a couple points against Norwich. Definitely. Uh, Aston Villa is another because they can probably get most of their players back. And Watford, it depends on where Arsenal sit. It, well, it also depends on the on the Villa factor right now. If Villa mm. do start climbing a little bit and they can they see a chance to get out of the relegation zone, it comes down to that Arsenal match. They're going to come out fighting. And I do feel like you know there is potential to see an upset in them sort of situation. So we'll see. It's, uh, it's one of them with Arsenal, yeah. You just don't really. So I, yeah. So you don't think... have a lot. Of... Mm. Yeah, I'd probably say roughly around tenth, eleventh. Do... So ten or eleven? Which one you got to go for? I'll go eleven. Right. Okay. We're going to do a bet here. I am going to choose oh, Arsenal. Going to go tenth, and Charlie says he's okay. going to go eleventh. So we're going to put. And then a... they put... drop to fifteenth. We're going to put a fiver on it, right? So, <laughs> no, put a fiver on it. If Arsenal finish higher than 10th, I win. And if they think finish lower than 10th, you win. But if they finish 11th, you win. If they finish 10th, I win. So, if right. think, so we're going to put a fiver on it. So, you heard it okay. first. When the last game is set to be played, well, Arsenal's last game is set to be played on the 26th of July. Might be the day. I, Charlie, a fiver. Because personally, I actually don't think they're going to climb above that. But anyways, Charlie, thank you for doing the podcast today. I know you'd rather be sitting outside in the swimming pool, few tinnies on the go, (laughs) watching watching Um, the footy, 
and you're stuck I'm going to say the football in a bit. Yeah. We've got two, two matches tonight, mm. Leicester-Brighton and uh, yeah. Tottenham-West Ham. Might, yeah. be, might be all right. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna. I never got to ask you earlier, um, because we were talking when we were talking about the um, MVP fees. What was your uh, favorite match of the week that you watched? Oh shit! Um, it's not much to choose from, really. I'd have <laughs> to say, <sighs> you know what? I I quite enjoyed the. I don't know why I'm saying this. The Crystal Palace Bournemouth match or the Newcastle Sheffield United match, personally. I just yeah. I just didn't think there was much going on really. Like I was actually excited so excited for the Man United Tottenham game, which I was quite pissed at the, the time because the I, result we didn't want. But at the end of the day, but both teams I thought played yeah, very good football. Yeah, it wasn't the result we want personally. A one-one draw, uh, but I like Watford Leicester surprisingly enough. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I, I think I, I think that. I think Watford to get the equaliser last minute. I thought they were play- they both teams did decent. Probably Watford was slightly better than Leicester, to be fair, for like most of that match. And I was like, Jesus, like, mm. it's a good little. Uh, like, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. So yeah, it could have been interesting. So hopefully we get a few. Uh, few... I'm going to say worst match ever in Liverpool. Oh yeah, that was that boring was... derby. Very dire. boring derby. That was dire. Me and my brother were watching it together, and we got so bored. We started. Um, now we start... The thing is, we started naming every player who was on the pitch. We tried to name all their their. Their team, their team they played for, and all all throughout their history. So we had to name Jesus. every single player. So for example, Allison, Roma, and I think it's Internacional or something like that. But anyways, Milner, um, City, Newcastle. He's had a few actually. Villa, Leeds. Well, anyways, yeah. it's time to wrap up the podcast. I know it's a bit shorter than the usual hour and ten. It's just hitting an hour and fifty. Oh no. 52 minutes which we are trying to decline them the time down a bit just so it's easy uh, listening and we want to watch football so exactly so so these so we have been left back on the bench thank thank you for the continued support um on the facebook the twitter um we're gonna soon get instagram that's still in the pipeline but but thank you Spotify. again for the, yeah. check us out on Spotify and uh uh, Anchor we'll, 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 we'll put iTunes. a link. We'll put a link in the description below. But anyway, links now, bruv. But anyways, we have been left back on the bench podcast. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the Premier League. Stay safe. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>